Support for the Bid Picture podcast comes from Atlas.co. Atlas.co is the only map company that lets you add your custom route to your personalized map. The process is simple. Select your trip type and add your trip. Style your map, move, and edit your labels. Select your size and material type and submit your order. Pick from a selection of beautiful styles and colors that we're sure will fit any home or space. Add some text to make it truly yours. You can find out more in the links in the episode show notes. Support for the Bid Picture podcast comes from The Daily Upside. The Daily Upside is a business newsletter that covers the most important stories in business in a style that's engaging, insightful, and fun. Started by a former investment banker, The Daily Upside delivers quality insights and surfaces unique stories you won't read elsewhere. You can find out more in the links in the episode show notes. Hello, my name is Bidia Miologunde and you are listening to episode 195 of the Bid Picture Podcast. On this episode, I'll talk about how online mental health treatment missed its mark during the pandemic. Thank you for your time. Let's get to it. The remote treatment of mental health problems surged during the pandemic because in-person treatment became difficult. At the same time, pandemic-driven isolation increased anxiety and depression for many people. Digital mental health companies therefore plunged in, promising to provide millions with access to high-quality care by video, phone, and messaging. Many of those businesses, however, put a premium on growth. With investor backing, they deployed classic Silicon Valley tactics such as spending heavily on advertising and expansion while often using contractors instead of employees to control costs. A strategy designed for mundane businesses such as food delivery, that formula can be badly suited for the sensitive activity of treating mental health issues. So after Caleb told his parents he was gay, he was kicked out of the house. Growing up in a conservative Christian house in Tennessee, he had been taught that his attraction to men was a grave sin. So feeling isolated and depressed a few months later, Caleb, then 22 years old, thought therapy might help. He had heard podcast ads for BetterHelp, a company that provides therapy remotely and promises, quote, a personalized therapist match that is tailored to your preferences and needs, end quote. So Caleb's biggest concern was he missed his family, understandably. The therapist he was given recommended that he try to stop being gay so that he could go back to his family. Caleb said that the therapist told him that if he chose to go back to who he was and deny those feelings, then he, the therapist, could get him where he needed to be. So a screenshot of Caleb's intake form shows that Caleb had requested an LGBTQ plus therapist. Instead, BetterHelp gave him one that did not specialize in LGBTQ plus issues. 
the provider's profile on BetterHelp's website, as well as his personal website, says that the therapist practices Christian counseling. So according to Caleb, the virtual therapist said he would have to either sacrifice his family or sacrifice being gay. Caleb needed someone to tell him he was gay and that was okay, but he got the exact opposite. So in a written statement, BetterHelp said, quote, Given the scale of the service, unfortunate and negative experiences are not completely unavoidable. This is true in all therapy settings, whether traditional or online, end quote. Other clients of digital mental health companies described how they were badly matched or encountered unprofessional therapists. Some, like Caleb, also told of being gay and then being assigned to unsympathetic therapists. So telehealth technology was used for about 36% of outpatient visits for mental health and substance abuse treatment in the March to August stretch of 2021, which was a jump from essentially zero before the pandemic. And that's according to research from the Kaiser Family Foundation. So sensing opportunity, investors last year poured about $4.8 billion into startups offering digital mental health services. And that's according to Rock Health, which is a research and investment firm. Some of the companies provide therapy, some prescribe psychiatric drugs, and some do both. The companies say that their advertising helps to break the stigma associated with seeking mental health treatment. And those that lean on nurse practitioners instead of physicians to prescribe medication can lower the price of care and expand the number of available providers. In addition, many patients say the care they receive from the companies is good and unavailable elsewhere. So Cerebral Incorporated was a star in the field. It raised hundreds of millions of dollars, signed Olympic gymnast Simone Biles as a spokeswoman, and was valued at close to $5 billion just two years after its launch. Its heavy social media advertising and brief appointments with clinical contractors sparked trouble when the company began prescribing drugs that are prone to being abused. The Wall Street Journal reported how cerebral executives pitched its investors on the superior profitability of prescribing stimulants such as Adderall, which can benefit people with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, ADHD, but are sought by others for the buzz they provide. The reporting showed how some cerebral clinicians felt pressured to prescribe the drugs. Cerebral now faces two federal investigations. It has been told by Walmart and CVS that they will no longer fill its prescriptions for controlled substances and has been dropped from insurance networks Optum and Aetna. It has laid off hundreds, fired its CEO, and stopped prescribing stimulants altogether. Another digital mental health provider, Don Global Incorporated, faces a Justice Department investigation after the Wall Street Journal reported that some of its clinicians also felt pressured to prescribe stimulants to treat ADHD. 
Done, which was run by a former Facebook product manager with no medical training, also advertises heavily on social media. The Wall Street Journal has reported that Dunn's clinicians continue to prescribe stimulants sometimes after appointments as short as 10 minutes. Walmart and CVS have also said that they won't fill drug prescriptions for Dunn. So Cerebral and Dunn have said that they don't pressure clinicians and that they provide an essential service. In addition, Cerebral has said it is cooperating with the investigations and has not been accused of breaking any laws. Workit Health Incorporated was a hot startup treating opioid addiction via telehealth, ranking among the leaders in capital raised. Its clinicians prescribe Suboxone, which is an aid for controlling cravings. Workit's social media ads show boxes of that medication. Addiction experts say that while suboxone can be crucial for opiate addicts to help hold addiction at bay, so is counseling that helps them develop new habits and gives them other tools to beat the addiction. Workit advertises support to help with recovery. In some states, it has hundreds or thousands of clients, but just a handful of counselors, and that's according to people familiar with the figures. In Florida, for example, it recently had a few thousand clients and no counselors licensed there, as its last one departed in September. Some former Workit counselors said they couldn't provide quality support because of the number of clients they were responsible for. In addition, they said they felt the company was more focused on expanding rather than on the quality of its care. A spokeswoman for Workit said the company aims to provide low threshold access to medication that reduces the risk of overdose deaths. She said Workit provides patients with therapeutic, self-directed courses and support groups. She said that if they require support that the company cannot provide, then it refers them to others. So Alex signed up with Talkspace which provides both therapy and medication via telehealth to work through anxiety related to family and relationship issues. So offering sessions via video, Talkspace was easy to sign up for and also accepted Alex's insurance. His Talkspace therapist quickly struck him as unprofessional. During their first session, the therapist switched between rooms in a house before ending up on a couch with a kitchen in the background. In addition, Alex recalled someone walking behind her during part of the session. Alex said she did the second session from the passenger seat of a car. Partway through that session, the car stopped for gas and Alex could hear the driver get out of the car and also see gas pumps. So what upset Alex was the therapist seemed distracted. According to Alex, it didn't seem like she was in a place where she could listen to him intently. So the therapist, Christine H., said she had had to move in temporarily with her mother with whom she shared an office. She said she wears headphones so that no one could hear what clients tell her. Ms. H. said she was at Talkspace for only a few months, leaving because the pay was low and she felt she had to see too many patients 
too frequently to keep up. She said she couldn't be the kind of provider that she wanted to be. Alex said he declined Talkspace's offer of another therapist after she left. He said he gave up on the company entirely because he thinks he was just so turned off by that first experience. Another former Talkspace therapist, Liz K, said, Poor client experiences happened in part because increased demand during the pandemic meant it lowered the bar for hiring and training. The pandemic brought a rush of clients. As the company struggled to hire enough therapists, there was a push to hire more quickly. So Ms. K said that when she joined back in 2018, a required training regimen took her days to complete before she was assigned clients. However, by the time she left in January of 2022, the training program was shorter and could be completed after therapists had already started seeing clients. Training is important because digital mental health care requires writing, technical, and other skills that are not used in traditional face-to-face therapy. Before Ms. K left, she sent a memo to a supervisor outlining her concerns, including that some of its therapists were not qualified and that low pay would make it hard to retain good ones. One of her tasks had been to interview new therapists. Ms. K wrote that some she reviewed lacked clinical skills and technology competence and were hired anyway over her objections. Ms. K said Talkspace grew too quickly, and in growing so quickly, they sacrificed quality. Talkspace's chief medical officer, Varun Chudari, said in a written statement that the company has the industry's most rigorous hiring, credentialing, and training process. Since Talkspace's 2021 public offering pitch with singer Demi Lovato and swimmer Michael Phelps as spokespeople, the company's business of offering therapy and psychiatric drugs directly to consumers has shrunk. Another Talkspace business selling its services to companies to offer as employee benefits has grown, but not enough to make up the difference. The stock has been down steeply since its debut and its co-founders left last year. So BetterHelp, the company that Caleb in Tennessee says made a bad match when he sought therapy, is one of the largest therapy providers in the U.S. with about $1 billion a year of revenue. BetterHelp says it has 29,900 therapists and has served more than 3 million clients. The therapists are independent contractors paid by the hour instead of employees. The company simplifies its business by not taking insurance. Instead, customers pay about $300 a month for four sessions plus messaging with a therapist. A summer 2022 roster of BetterHelp's staff showed that its thousands of contract therapists were overseen by a clinical operation staff of just five people. The marketing team consists of about 25 people. Marketing isn't BetterHelp's biggest team, but it is where the company invests the most money, according to Erin Devine, previously a product manager at BetterHelp. She said BetterHelp just wants therapists to do the therapy themselves. 
So BetterHelp's ad budget runs to hundreds of millions of dollars a year. It spent $64 million on podcast advertising through the first 10 months of 2022, according to estimates from research firm Magellan AI, making it the largest podcast advertiser. BetterHelp's growth focus is also evident in its quick therapist onboarding process. Interviews of prospective therapists are short and are conducted by non-clinical workers and training is minimal. A BetterHelp spokeswoman said the company pays more than the median for licensed therapists in most places. She said the company does thorough background checks and relies on the certification process that therapists go through with state boards. BetterHelp has signed up influencers on YouTube and other social media platforms, as well as celebrity promoters such as Justin Bieber and Ariana Grande. The spokeswoman said they were not paid, but received free therapy for their fans or workers. Besides the BetterHelp.com website, the company owns TeenCounseling.com, which targets teenagers, Regain for couples therapy, FaithfulCounseling.com for those seeking Christian-based therapy, PrideCounseling.com for the queer community, and others. Algorithms collect information from new clients and then match them to therapists. Unfortunately, sometimes a good match is not available. Many therapists listed on BetterHelp's website are not accepting new clients. Some have left the platform, according to people familiar with the service, and availability is also limited by the states where therapists are licensed. Caleb, the gay client from Tennessee, said the therapist that better help assigned to him asked if he had ever been physically affectionate with a man. So Caleb said he hadn't. Then the therapist replied, good. He said that if Caleb wanted to go back to his family, he should think hard about being physical with a man because it would be a lot harder after that. BetterHelp said clients can switch therapists if they don't like the one they are assigned. Caleb said his experience discouraged him from seeing other therapists for a long time because he worried about encountering another one who would not provide the supportive counseling he wanted. After his session with that therapist, Caleb wrote him an email saying he couldn't go back to his old life. Quote, I finally opened the door of the prison I built up inside and the thought of going back kills me. It will kill me if I lock myself inside again. End quote. So Caleb quit better help after sending that note. So to wrap up, on this episode, I talked about how online mental health treatment missed its mark during the pandemic. So that's all I have for this episode 195 of the Bid Picture Podcast. Thanks for listening. Beat Picture Podcast is produced by Sunshine Media in association with Alowinly Productions. Fact-checking by Zara Kuznetsova. Audio engineer, Sergey Goski. Graphic design, Stacey Graham. Senior producer, Bidemi Ologunde. Executive producers, Olufolani Ologunde and Toby Loba Ologunde. 
please join me again on the next episode as I continue with a deep dive on cybersecurities, news, events, and incidents, and the lessons we can learn from them for robust cyber threat intelligence and awareness in our daily lives. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the Beat Picture Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, please share the show with anyone that you think might benefit from it. For questions, comments, or any suggestions, please send an email to bdme at thebeatpicture.com. You can also get in touch on Twitter at BeatPicture, on the Clubhouse app at Beat, as well as on the Wisdom app at BDME. Please remember to leave a review for the podcast if your platform allows you to do so. Thank you for your time. See you on the next episode. Bye for now.